Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Honest Vibes Only. Today, I wanted to talk about my experience with self-awareness in regards with my past um, as well. So recently, I realized that this term has a lot of ties to my past, and I kind of realized or concluded something, which I'll add on at the end of this episode here, um, that kind of explains a lot about, you know, how I was feeling. Um, so to start, what defines self-awareness? And firstly, this past week, I was doing research, reading into self-awareness just to familiarize myself more, make sure I know what I'm talking about, and just learn more about it in general for myself. Um, so there are a lot of definitions and, you know, articles about it out there. A lot of them share pretty much similar stuff. Um, but in general, the meaning of it is the conscious knowledge of one's own character, feelings, motives, and desires, and the ability to see yourself clearly and objectively through reflection and introspection. So when you lack self-awareness, you struggle to identify what you're feeling and how it manifests itself in your daily life and actions and decisions and you also fail to see the patterns in your own behaviors and how you think which a result of all that tends to lead to experiencing more negative emotions and not really understanding the consequences of your choices because you don't really know how to align your choices with what you want so that's kind of a general just to it so as I've learned this past week more about what having self-awareness means and how people who lack it behave, I also ended up realizing that my parents were not people that were self-aware, and that's kind of a big role in the environment that I grew up in. And, you know, given how toxic it was, I am thankful that I was able to figure out and develop certain skills to help me gain some self-awareness as I was growing up and help me as I became an adult. So if my parents didn't think about the way they were brought up themselves or the effects of their own upbringing, the chances when they became parents are really high that they would make the same mistakes that their parents did. And what I realized through stories and what I heard was that they knew how they grew up and because they didn't want to repeat the mistakes their parents made or go down that path, the chances that they go in the complete opposite extreme are really high as well. And that's kind of the parenting that I ended up experiencing. And Another thing that I also realize is a happy parent is always great, right? When you're a kid, you always want your parents to be happy. You always want to make them proud. But one thing I also realized was as a parent, if your happiness is lived through your own child's success and every action that your child does is tied to your happiness, that's a recipe for disaster. And that's something that I experienced a lot. My mother's happiness was constantly dependent on me. And I was always reminded of the sacrifices that were made for me and how much they did to try to provide for me. And 
as a parent, you know, I don't have experience being a parent, but I think I can say that, you know, as anyone, but especially, you know, as a parent, you have to be able to find your own happiness and be content within yourself. Because whether you're a parent or not, you can't really depend on other people to make you happy because that's always going to fail. And obviously that's easier said than done, but if you can find ways to make yourself happy, it's going to be better for not just for you, but also for everyone. I think especially as a parent too, that's really important because that's a lot of pressure and expectations on your child. Whether you outright say that their success depends on your happiness or not. And I also remember all the times that I was reminded how my mother sacrificed her job and her life to homeschool me because I was homeschooled for you know majority of my childhood. And in my head, it always seemed like because of a choice that I never asked her to make, I felt forced to meet expectations and succeed and do everything I could to make her happy because it seemed like that was the only way to make the sacrifice that she did worth it. And that was that's a lot of pressure for, for anyone. Um, and obviously that always led to some failures and some arguments and uh, a, a ton of roller coasters um, at home. So when someone does lack self-awareness, what are some things that tend to happen? from personality to behavior. The first, or one of them, is being impulsive. And that means that someone's not really able to self-regulate, and that means they don't really think through things fully. And again, kind of like how I mentioned earlier, it doesn't, it, it leads them to not really consider the consequences of their actions. And growing up, this was something I, saw a lot whenever there was a fight whenever something went downhill there was always some impulsive decision or action made by a parent um and you know it ranged from different extremes um i feel like i haven't been wanting to tap into that stuff as often so i won't be as you know descriptive with what exactly that meant in my own story um, but just in general, it led to some really stupid decisions. It led to a lot of scary decisions. And that was because my mother was really impulsive. And she did not think things through before she decided to do them. You know, if she was angry in that moment, something would happen. And we would have to go from there. And that, uh, that was not healthy. Because you you kind of lived on edge as well. Because as a kid, for me, if I knew that something was going downhill or I knew, oh boy, I didn't perform or whatever it was, I couldn't know how she was going to react or what she was going to do or what she was going to take away from me or, or whatever that would happen. I kind of had my list of things that could happen as I got older and kind of could sort of prepare myself for what might happen. But again, I never really knew. And that was a scary thing as well. I didn't know how long something would last. And yeah, it, was, uh, it wasn't fun. Um, the next was being highly critical of others. 
Now I can obviously go on the experience of the fact that they were really critical of me. Um, I was also always compared to other kids all the time, especially when it came to chess. The amount of times I was compared in chess, it was um, it was damaging. <laughs> um, and it felt like, you know, even if I did well, or especially when I didn't do well, they were really critical, but they would also compare me, or why can't you be like this person, or how come this person can do this and this and this, and you're only doing ABC, and you can't do as well as they're doing, and, and whatnot, and, um, you know, I, I heard it from, you know, relatives too, like, it, it wasn't just, um, wasn't just them, um, and, you know, as a kid, it always felt like, okay, so when I do well, you know, life is stable, but then when I don't do well, or when I do mediocre, all of this shit happens, and it feels like I'm never going to be enough. And when there's so much criticism, that kind of gets ingrained into your head. And I feel like as a kid, you're more susceptible to it too, because you haven't really learned the skills to kind of block that out or, you know, to even tell yourself, hey, you're doing okay, right? As a kid, especially if your parents are who you look up to the most when you're so young, um, whatever they say, you're going to believe. So especially when I was a kid, I, I believed every piece of criticism they gave me. The next thing is people that lack self-awareness are usually not open to feedback. And with this one, it reminded me of all the times whenever I came to my parents with something or pointed out a flaw or something they were doing that I did not appreciate or whatnot, I was always constantly invalidated. And I've mentioned that before. Um, being invalidated was a really big thing, which is why I feel like so many emotions or experiences cannot really be talked about. And it felt like when I would point out a flaw or something they were doing that was wrong, it felt like they were acting as if they didn't have the right to behave the way they did. Like they could justify it in some way no matter how bad something they were doing was. And that is also tough because if they didn't realize the severity of whatever they were doing, that just meant it was going to be repeated in the future. And obviously, it kept repeating. And that kind of leads to the next pointer, which is people that lack self-awareness will keep making the same mistakes. Um, and as I just said, my whole life, they kept making the same mistakes. And people like that might believe they know everything. Um, and when I read that point in an article, I instantly remembered the way that whenever I might, you know, confront them about something like that, they would always say, oh, we've been around for, you know, so many years, we've seen things, we've experienced things, blah, 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 like we know what's best. And, you know, from that viewpoint, yes, that is a fact, you know, they were around longer than me. Sure, they've experienced maybe more things than me in certain areas. And yes, they've seen things and they've been through their own hardships. Like, you know, I was never invalidating that fact, but that doesn't justify actions that they made and that doesn't justify the way they parented me. 
And that also shouldn't mean that just because you've been around for a longer time or you've experienced more or seen more or whatever, that shouldn't invalidate someone's concerns or someone else's hardships just because they're different from yours or might not be as extreme as yours in, you know, in their eyes or just because they're younger and haven't seen or experienced as much as as much as you have and so you know at some point i feel like so many realizations hit me as i entered high school um i'd say around like 15 16 is when things really were clicking a lot um and i really matured a ton during my high school years i i would say um and so therefore you know i i lived with them making the same mistakes and I felt like I had to deal with the consequence consequences of their actions and it just led to this really unhealthy cycle that I feel like happened weekly um, I also played chess tournaments weekly so the chances of it happening were you know really really high to fall into this really kind of vicious cycle um, the next pointer that I made was People that lack self-awareness will manipulate to get their needs met. And I felt like I experienced this a lot. Um, obviously, as I've mentioned, my mother's happiness depended a ton on me. And I remember my father always say, um, you know, if you just do this or why can't you just achieve this? Like, it will make your mom so happy or, you know, um, especially when I was homeschooled because while my schooling was at home, she was my teacher for a lot of subjects so if I wasn't doing well in math one day or grammar one day or whatever it was right it's like well why can't you just listen to the lesson or do well and get the questions right and that way she'll be happy and you know obviously the majority of it especially when I got older was heavily based on chess results um but you know that's not healthy either right um manipulating get your own needs met like you need to meet your own needs if you are not happy it's not your child's responsibility to perform in a certain way to make you happy if you struggle to be happy when your child isn't succeeding in your eyes that is a problem and that never seemed to be a flag or an alarm to them it seemed like it was okay for that, for, you know, happiness to depend on how I did. And obviously for me, performing in chess is already really difficult. It's like going to tournaments every week, like I was burnt out by that point already when I was in high school, especially. I was already done with the game by then. But to already have natural anxiety of playing chess tournaments and then have the added anxiety of needing to perform because other people's happiness depended on me and knowing that if I didn't perform that a b c d all etc would happen and all these consequences would happen for the next week or who knows how long that just added even more pressure and anxiety and there were so many times I remember my last like two years of playing my anxiety was just uncontrollable. It was it was genuinely uncontrollable. Because um, obviously I was needing to perform in other aspects of my life as well. And, um, you know, being a, 
a junior in high school is uh, not easy in itself. Um, and then having all these expectations uh, was was really tough as well. Um, the next one was the the need to always be in control. Now, I felt like I experienced this for um, majority of my life until like a late teenager where control was slowly being shifted, but still there. Um, I feel like I've talked about it in the past too, but getting any ounce of freedom was very difficult. Um, even when it came like when I was a teenager and I had like a phone, um, you know, I understand that there are restrictions, right? Some parents have restrictions on their kids' phones. Like, I totally understand that, um, especially if they're younger. You know, you want to keep them safe because the internet's a scary place. Like, I understood all that, right? Um, but I was, like, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old with phone restrictions such as, you know, seeing, like, numbers that I was calling, not being able to have any form of social media at all, which I felt like really affected my social life as a teenager because even if I had, you know, one form of social media to communicate with my friends with, that would have been enough. But like, even if I was texting a friend at like nighttime, I remember there would be days the next evening that I'd be questioned about it. And it's like, I really felt like there was no freedom at all. Um, I remember especially, you know, when I was younger too, like my time was always managed from morning until evening, um, they they always needed to know, you know, like even going out with friends sometimes was this huge struggle. Whether I had known them literally my whole life or if I had known them for five, six years and they knew all of them, it was still um, a struggle. And, you know, those are just some examples, but you know, as a 16, 17-year-old, being restricted so much and not really having too many choices was was really tough because um, I felt like I didn't really have an outlet and I felt kind of stuck. Um, the next one is overreacting. Um, due to impulsiveness and not being in touch with one's emotions. And again, I think this is kind of similar to what I talked about at the being impulsive points. Um, there was a lot of overreacting. And, um, you know, this isn't to in invalidate, you know, some of the ways that, you know, my parents felt about certain things. But again, every time with a chess tournament, if I didn't perform, I played tournaments every single week for years and years. But every single time a tournament didn't go well, it would be, you know, what felt like a week of hell in the house. And sometimes it was literally a week of hell in the house. And I feel like from any perspective, a chess tournament that doesn't go well, when I'm literally playing tournament after tournament, it should not justify the reactions that I had to face and the decisions that were made due to it. 
um, sometimes I wouldn't go to really fun events. Sometimes I wouldn't be able to see someone. Sometimes I would have to deal with, you know, my mom in the house making certain decisions. And it was all because of how a chess tournament went. Um, and I, I do feel a lot of it was because she wasn't in touch with her emotions that I'll talk about in a, in a little bit. Um, but that was tough. And, you know, also as a kid that goes through all of that stuff, I'm doing my hardest to try not to develop those traits as well. And it really felt like when it came to emotions, figuring out how to deal with them, the types of emotions that there were, and dealing with others' emotions as well was just really exhausting uh, for me. Another pointer that I noted was not being able to let go of the past. So I felt like there were two sides kind of that I experienced through this. Um, the first one was me not performing or doing certain things how I was expected to when I was growing up. It felt like a lot of my failures um, were always brought up in an argument or when one of them was angry with me um, or like a time, let's say, I was so close to winning a tournament, for example, and earning some kind of uh, title or whatever, right? And it didn't go my way. I felt like a year later, it was still thrown in my face during during some, some arguments or something like this. And obviously there were other examples of that too. Um, but another side that I felt like I experienced through that was them not being able to let go of their own past when they were younger. Um, generational trauma is so real. Um, and there was a lot, it seemed, that they, they went through that they never learned to deal with. And, you know, I'm not saying for, you know, forgive, forget, and move on type of dealing with. When I say that, I mean more the emotional trauma that came with their experiences and actually tapping into those experiences, feeling those emotions, figuring out how exactly did it affect or, or change them and learning how to handle it when, you know, maybe certain triggers are brought up or certain times of a year come around and it's a more difficult time or whatever it may be, right? Um, I always remember I was reminded of the hardships that they went through as kids and, um, I remember a lot of times they would also say, I have it so much easier than they did. And, you know, I live in a time where they're providing everything they can that I would ever need for me to succeed. And I didn't have to go through so much shit that they went through. Um, but why are hardships and trauma being compared, right? It's, it's not a competition for who endured more trauma or whose hardships were a bigger deal, right? Because that was always used to also invalidate what I was going through. Um, and, you know, a big part of it was also that they never thought what I was going through was a big deal. Um, but, you know, you never have to forget anything that happened to you, right? But you have to learn to feel it. And you have to learn to find ways to cope with 
um, you know, what you went through and the emotions that you might struggle to feel and experience. And validating yourself is important as well. Um, trauma can make us stronger. And, you know, we go through a lot of it. And when we come out on the other end, you know, we're proud of where we are. We're proud of who we became and what we, for what we went through, we turned out okay, you know? But trauma can also be damaging. So it's important to, you know, validate yourself with that. And feel like a lot of emotions for my parents especially were pushed down. And with my own experience, and I've heard other people's experience too, pushing down emotions is just not the healthiest. And I feel like you can only do it for so long. Um, and tying it to my own story, I felt like it led to me not being able to talk or learn about important emotions with them. Um, it felt like talking about mental health issues was not really a thing in my household at all. Um, and I feel like I had to learn myself how to cope with so many experiences um, that I went through and how to manage emotions and all that um, on my own, which took a lot of learning, a lot of time, and it was kind of a roller coaster. So, you know, some things I did to gain my own self-awareness was from very young, I would always tap in and remain in touch with my emotions. Um, I feel like I thankfully always did a pretty good job with that. I tried to understand and learn whatever I could about them, no matter how difficult it was for me to actually sit with them. Because some emotions, you know, even until today are just so hard to sit with, right? Because they're, they're tied to so many different experiences and, and trauma and whatever, you know, someone has gone through. Um, so I would also sit with them and figure out what kind of emotions they were, what caused me to feel a certain way, what about how I was treated would make me angry, um, and also try to figure out what I didn't want to do as I got older. Because, you know, with all the ways that I was treated and all the impulsive decisions and choices that I had to take on the consequences from that they did, I didn't want to do the same thing. And I didn't want to grow up and become the adult that I am today and have those traits with me. And it's so easy to pick those traits up as a kid because that's that's your biggest influence. That's literally what I lived in every single day of my life. And I, you know, I'm especially in adulthood, I feel like I'm finding it most important to make sure I always think before I speak and to make sure I'm always processing whatever emotions that I'm feeling and before I make actions, you know, I try not to make permanent actions or do hurtful actions based on, you know, temporary feelings if I'm angry or if I'm upset or something like this. And, you know, especially in high school, it was, it was tough for me because um, I feel like I wanted to explode so often. Um, but yeah, that's been a big thing that I've been working on, especially as a, as an adult and through this, um, healing journey. 
Um, another thing that I always had to do was to have a, a voice in my head, a prominent one. Because um, I realized that I could never control what my parents said or did to me. And I also learned that they were going to keep making the same mistakes over and over because they weren't learning from it. You know, the damage would be done, a sorry might be said, but that doesn't heal or fix or improve unless action is taken after a negative experience. So I knew that the same things were going to happen. So all I could do was talk back to the toxic messages that felt like were ingrained uh, in me. Um, and, you know, it's hard for a child to realize and do that so young. So I only really learned to start doing that in my later years as a, as a teenager. Um, and like, just to give an example, right? I was called lazy a lot. Um, was I lazy? No, I wasn't. I was suffering from anxiety and I had high functioning anxiety and I was a child that did hours of school every day, hours of extracurricular activities every day, competed in different competitions every single weekend, whether it was chess, taekwondo, or piano, or a mix of all two, or a mix of all three. And I still performed in every area of my life for so long, despite still feeling like I wasn't enough. And having the stability of my parents' emotions and future actions carried on my shoulders. That's a freaking lot. And I had to constantly remind myself that through high school, like, you're not lazy. And, you know, that's just one example. And I, I don't want to know what I would think of myself if I didn't develop that voice in my head. Um, because even the past two years, I've had to do so much rebuilding just how I thought of myself and what did I actually think about myself, right? Not what I was told, um, not what others believed I was, but who am I to myself? What do I believe in? Who do I think that I am? Um, and it's taken a long time, but I'm definitely, I'm definitely in a spot now where, you know, sometimes I still do think badly of myself and I am still mean to myself sometimes. And I, I feel myself slipping into, you know, believing some of the things about myself that I shouldn't um, from my past. But overall, I've done a lot of working on myself in that area and have definitely made it to a better point um, with that. Um, one quote I, I also really liked through learning more about self-awareness was, owning our story can be hard, but not nearly as difficult as spending our lives running from it. Um, and I really like this quote. Um, whenever I, I talk about my past, I tend to speak quite passionately about it, I feel, with sort of this like underlying tone of anger, I suppose. Um, I don't know if it comes off that way. I try, I try not to show it too much, um, but it is definitely there. Um, and, you know, with this quote and just with learning about self-awareness more and more this past week, um, I kind of realized that firstly, a lot of my anger stems from the fact that my younger self did not deserve any of the trauma that, you know, she went through. 
Um, and I'm angry that she had to go through that and nobody saved her from it and that she experienced that for so long. Um, and, you know, nobody at all deserves any of it. Like, no one deserves it. Um, every child, every person, but especially every child, you know, deserves a safe environment with unconditional love and, and support. And they should be taught the important tools in life to, to navigate adulthood and, you know, the best resources to become their best self. Um, and so that's why that's a big part of my anger because my parents weren't cut out to be parents and they didn't realize how toxic they were. And I don't think they realized how much they needed to heal themselves. Um, and therefore, I took on the generational trauma. Um, but as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, a realization I came to was, um, you know, through my healing journey, I've recently realized, um, well, I always knew something was like this little fire that was sparking in me, but I didn't really understand where it was stemming from as well. Um, but this past week, I realized that my anger also stems from how they can still lack so much self-awareness um, in present day. And, you know, knowing that it does make me angry, but sometimes it just leaves me just in shock more than anything. And, you know, sometimes I even have to laugh at how it's even possible um, I, you know, I, I don't talk about it, um, as, as much as I used to, um, but, you know, I still have to deal with, with shit, to, to put it simple, um, and just knowing that there's still that much lack of self-awareness in a person is kind of crazy to me, um, but then I remind myself, that I've owned my story. I've owned the fact that I went through a lot of trauma and the fact that I cannot and will not ever rely on them to fix it and fix what they did and take away the damage and that I have to be the one that does it. And I have to be the person that's there for myself to pick myself up and to help myself succeed and do it all for myself and my younger self. Um, so I know that I'm in a better place now. And, you know, I'm always trying to improve and learn as a person. Um, but if anything, especially this week that I also just reminded myself is I can be here right now and say that I'm proud of my journey of healing and the person that I've become today um, with everything that I've been through. And, you know, nobody can ever truly know what I went through because it's my own story, right? My own life. I can't share every single moment of it, you know, out there. Um, but yeah, and, you know, people can have their own opinions. Um, but I am proud of myself, and I know what I went through. 
um, whether they will ever understand or own up to it or not. So this was um, kind of a, a deep topic, um, but it feels good to finally connect to those dots and just talk about it, you know. Um, always feels good realizing something new on a healing journey or being able to connect some dots. Um, yeah, that was uh, the topic for the day. Thank you for listening if you're still here. <laughs> um, hope you're all doing well. If you're not doing okay, here's my reminder that it's okay to not be okay. Be kind to yourself. Drink some water. Get some food in you. And I'll see you all on the next one. Bye-bye.